Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Shaw, going solo after the Knicks fall in Brooklyn, 112 to 110 to the hated East leading Brooklyn Nets. We will talk a fantastic game for Julius Randle, a thrilling, if slightly controversial, ending to this one. Uh, the backcourt play of Emmanuel Quickly and Derek Rose, Alec Burks's uh, fabulous debut as an official starter, and so much more right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks. Your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. We want to thank you as always for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today. And every day we are now available on all platforms, including on YouTube. And this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Once again, I am Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster at a variety of places. Uh, Alex has the night off, so I am rocking this one out solo. And, and what a podcast to have to myself, right? A fantastic game for the New York Knicks, even though it ended in defeat. 112 to 110 to the Brooklyn Nets. And we can thank, uh, I was going to say two people, but one of them is a group of people. We can thank Kevin Durant and we can thank the officiating. Um, but first, let's 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 just let's just get into the whole game, right? So the Knicks come out pretty strong start, despite James Harden raining fire on them throughout the first half. He had 28 points. Uh, they were paced by Julius Randle, who had his best half of the year. I'll get more into Randle in a little bit, but he was just he was spectacular, right? He wasn't forcing the issue. He was just moving the ball extremely well. Like the the Nets were essentially playing the the Hawks playoff defense, right? One guy on Randle, another guy constantly shading over, and instead of freaking out trying to just head rush his way into the heart of the defense or, or take a step back jumper with two guys around him. Randall was consistently patient. He was waiting for the double to fully come and then just hitting um, open shooters uh, across his body um, or going um, to like little dribble handoffs to them or, or getting to his own offense. But again, we'll get into all that later. Suffice it to say, uh, Randall was, was pretty darn great in that first half along with Alec Burke. So the Knicks did enough to have a one point lead at halftime. And then that's come out in the second half. Uh, hair on fire defensively. You, you can see why the Nets are a top five defensive team in the NBA. Uh, they're, they're just really strong across the board. Obviously, guys like Harden, KD, LaMarcus Aldridge, there's a lot of institutional knowledge there. Patty Mills, uh, DeAndre Bem- Bembry, uh, really sort of like the glue that held it all together. He, he was, he's very good on that end. Um, so the Nets run away in the second half, 14-0 run. Looks like the game is going to turn into a blowout. I thought I was going to be on here and, and just having another discussion about like, well, maybe it wasn't Kemba Walker after all. Um, but it turns out it maybe was because the Knicks come back and the third quarter on a 16 to four run ended up being a 19 to four run by the time the fourth quarter turned around. Um, it was all the typical candidates. It was Emmanuel quickly. It was Derek Rose. It was, it was Burks in particular, who is so, so good in that third quarter. Um, that led to a very back and forth fourth. Um, Randall continued to shine, but again, Kevin Durant down the stretch, just unstoppable, uh, made jumper, then, uh, got all the way to the rim, was fouled when he got there. Um, some people think controversially. I thought it was pretty clearly a foul when he went up for that dunk. Um, 
made two free throws. Uh, Julius Randle comes back, misses a turnaround on the other end, very upset he didn't get the foul. Um, I believe KD was then fouled again after that, and, and Randle flipped out. Uh, got a technical, so Katie hit a free throw, made it 108 to 105. Uh, Randall does a great job running the floor, a possession later. Uh, the Knicks get it within one. Eventually, Evan Fournier tied the game with a right wing three, um, and then the Nets win it because the Knicks. And anyway, this is just just a great moment. This is this is a tangent, but um, Reggie Miller saying, you know, I think they're going to either get Kevin Durant the ball or use him as a decoy. Yeah, you know, when you have one of the top seven to ten to twelve players of all time. The tendency is that you will either give them the ball or use them as a decoy, Reggie. Uh, but anyways, uh, great slip pass to uh, James Johnson, whose nickname is Bloodsport, uh, right up there with Evan Google's, uh, or Evan Google's, Evan Fournier's uh, Don't Google as uh, one of the all-time great NBA nicknames. Um, so Johnson catches the short roll. Mitchell Robinson is actually there. Um, this was actually a good point by Miller. If, if he had just maintained verticality, maybe the Knicks send the game into overtime instead tries to swipe down, gets mostly ball, gets a little bit of hand, and Johnson goes to the line, hits two free throws. Evan Fournier misses a half-court shot at the buzzer, and that's how we get to where we are with the Knicks. Lost this game. But I, I don't I don't want the final result to obscure what was an incredible effort for the Knicks. And it, it brings up sort of an interesting question, right? What is this team now that Kemba Walker is out of the rotation? Like, we, we can run through the stats. Uh, Jonathan Macri of Knicks Film School did a fantastic job compiling them, but the Knicks were, I mean, on the season, they've been outscored by 122 points in Kemba's 441 minutes. That is 451st out of 457 players who have played this year. Um, this was another, this was a great find by Macri. I, I, I wouldn't have guessed this. He was the worst player in the NBA with opponent's field goal percentage increasing by 13% when he's in the game. Uh, teams are scoring 18 more points per 100 possessions when he plays than when he doesn't. Um, over his last eight games, he ranked in the eighth percentile league-wide uh, shooting, or, or rather, which is 94.6 points per 100 possessions. Uh, maybe the most telling stat, when Kemba's not on the floor, the Knicks uh, on the year going into this game, allowing just 100 points per 100 possessions, which would have ranked second in the NBA behind the Golden State Warriors, and no one else is particularly close to that benchmark. So there's a lot of statistical indicators out there. I think that there's another one where um, RJ and Randall together uh, or something like plus 10, plus 11 on the year when Kemba was not on the court with them. So suffice it to say, a lot of statistical indicators that this team is pretty darn good when Kemba Walker doesn't play. And now we have two full games of it. Um, we have games early in the season that you can go back to as well. But two full games of this current iteration with Alec Burks in the starting lineup um, where they beat the Hawks, which is which was felt significant when it happened, even, even if the Hawks haven't been amazing this year. And they give the Nets all they can handle. So obviously two games uh, does not... Uh, a significantly statistical, statistically significant sample size make. And yet I can't help but feel that this Knicks team seems a little bit different. And that all starts with Julius Randle, who we've been saying all year, right? The, maybe the biggest issue with Randle is the lack of clarity um, from no longer being the obvious fulcrum of the offense. Like you had to get, you had to get Kemba going to some extent. You had to get Evan Fournier going to some extent. RJ had games where he would take over and he would sort of be the guy. And, and it left Julius, um, I don't want to say in like a state of, of confusion, but to some extent, yeah, like he didn't really know on a game to game basis what he was supposed to do, what he was expected to do. And, and this is a guy who, and look, I'm, I'm, that's like hardly even a critique, right? I think that is to be expected. And our, our guy, Benji Ritholtz has repeatedly made this point that Randall was someone trying to find himself his entire NBA career. He finally does it last season. And now he's being asked to play in essentially a completely different way, which is, I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty unfair ask to a guy who poured in all this work into being the guy. Now it's like, 
we want you to be the guy, but just um, just tone it down a little bit. And and tonight, um, and with Burks in the starting lineup, he sort of gets to be that dude again. And that doesn't mean being like the hyper aggressive alpha and like he's putting his head down and trying to get to the rim every play, or he's taking like crazy step back jumpers every play. That just means the person that the offense runs through. And at points this year, Randall's gotten that mark and he hasn't really been worthy of it. And he hasn't performed that well um, being that guy because he, he, again, like just seemingly just wanted to shoot a whole lot. And tonight it was, it was the complete opposite of that, right? He was, he was pretty much picture perfect, just picking apart the Nets defense. Um, I, I can go through the individual plays, but it was, it was kind of like, I, I made this reference with him last year. It was sort of LeBron light where he was, he was just sort of the chess master. The, I, I don't play chess, the, the king. He was the king on the chessboard, just just sort of like lording over everyone else, maneuvering pieces and um, and getting things done. So let's let's get into some of like the individual plays that uh, made Randall's night. Like started off like between the legs, gorgeous step back over Lamarcus Aldridge, then a no look pass to a cutting Mitchell Robinson. Um, it, it doubled in the corner, and then instead of forcing the issue, just zipped a pass over the top of the defense to Mitch in the dunker spot. Who Mitch had a really nice double pump finish on that play. Um, and then defensively, right, th- this is what really got me going. He's flying around, had like, it, 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 he looked like like a star, like safety almost, like a little, little Ed Reed action where he just jumped up and tipped the ball to himself that was intended for Kevin Durant. Um, and then a no look up the court to Burks for a three right after, then sprinted back to deflect another KD pass. Um, and then another play where he was doubled, just patiently found Burks in the opposite corner. Burks missed it, but it was just another one of those great passes. A little give and go with D Rose for three. Uh, passed up another three to make the extra pass to Burks, who hit it. Um, drive by Katie. This is probably his nicest one of the uh, nicest play of the game. A looping double clutch finish over Lamarcus Aldridge on the left side. But then he was just like he was getting into his full bag, right? It wasn't just the passing, but he had the shooting, he had the driving layup. And then he had he had the post game too, like was backing down KD, reverse pivot, lefty lay. All of that was in the first half, or, or rather the last play of the first half. I almost forgot about this one. This was really nice. Or maybe it was early third quarter. I don't really remember. Um, pump fake, got Kevin Durant in the air, went into him, and one jumper. Um, then had a nice like pump and drive against KD to end the 14-0 run to open the third quarter. Anyways, you you, you sort of you sort of get the point, right? He he was scoring in a variety of ways. He was using the fullest extent of his talents. And um, it was it was a joy to watch. Of course, the technical at the end of the game was a bummer, but he also he had a case like allegedly the official said to him this. Randall's told us to um, or at least Stephen Bondi was the guy who tweeted it of the Daily News. Um, he, he said that the refs told him he wasn't getting calls because he's stronger than defenders and contact is not affecting him. Randall said that's not how you're supposed to referee a game. I would concur. You are, you're not supposed to do it contingent on how strong guys are. And as many people pointed out. Plenty of players like LeBron James and James Harden, who are amongst the strongest players of Earth on Earth, seem to draw plenty of fouls. So that is utter bunk, if that was indeed the explanation that the officials gave Randall. All right, with that, let us head to our first break here on Locked On Knicks. And we are going to talk a bit about our good friends over at Indeed. If my ad loads in time, you know, this is why they tell you to preload the ads, because if not, you're you're just you're subject to embarrassing moments like this. Anyways, while there's always going to be a debate between LeBron and Jordan, when it comes to helping you hire all star all star talent, the goat is indeed. If you're hiring, you need indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you make the right hire 
people right can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed makes it easier for star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. Pick what skills are important to you from over 135 assessments and get a clear view of your top talents abilities faster. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash lock. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash lock. Indeed.com slash lock. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need. You guessed it. Indeed. And now we want to tell you about our oldest friends on the Locked On Podcast Network, our guys over at Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, then it's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bars is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's frankly on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Place the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or go for a coconut raspberry Built Bar instead of raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month, limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendars. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, with that, guys, we are back on Locked On Knicks segment number two. We wanted to thank you, as always, for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every single day. Again, I'm Gavin Shaw, rocking with you solo tonight. So let's roll in to this second segment. Um, and we are going to talk about just about everyone else that we didn't get to in that first segment. Uh, let's start off with Alec Burks. The, I, I want to call him the birthday boy, but he's, he's the new starter boy. And he was, he was spectacular in the role of, of, of the new starter. 39 minutes, 25 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 9 for 21 from the field, 4 for 10 from 3. Three for four from the line, um, and a couple of great defensive plays. Had had this huge flying block on Patty Mills, and all, all I could think um, was that was that was not a play that Kemba Walker could have made, right? And, and that's such a big deal for the Knicks. Like we, we talked about, like when teams were raining threes on them earlier in the season, just how important it is to the Knicks defense that you're you're really on point in your closeouts. And Kemba was technically very sound, but when someone is like 5'11", 5'10", maybe six feet with short arms flying at you, that's a little different than Burke's 6'6", with, with a long wingspan. And we, we could see immediately the impact that had. But I, I want to talk a little bit about his offense because it was, I mean, we, we always say that Burke's, when he's going, like he, he's about as complete of an offensive player as this team has. And tonight we got to see that. He had his classic like floating jumper from beyond the free throw line right at the beginning of the game. It was really good passing too, like had, had this great outlet to IQ, then a nice tip in on Julius Randle, Randle's miss. Um, had, had a great cut baseline. I can't remember if it was IQ or Derek Rose who hit him, but finished with a double pump lay while getting hit. Um, had a really nice uh, wing jumper to give the Knicks the 88-87 lead. I believe that was their first lead of the second half, set up by Derek Rose collapsing the defense um, and then an awesome floating jumper over KD in the closing minutes of this one to wrap things up again, just, just a, a basketball. I mean, he, he like, I, I don't know how else to frame it. Like you, you, you draw up 
a basketball player and you say you're showing someone from, let's just say, like the former Yugoslavia um, who has lived uh, under a rock their entire lives. No, no shots at Yugoslavia. Um, hey, you want to hear about the sport of basketball? And they're like, yeah, sure. What, what does it look like? And like, here, watch 10 minutes of Alec Burks highlights. And that that might sound like cliched, but that that is how he plays the game. It, he plays a beautiful, beautiful brand of ball. And uh, I'm I'm super duper excited uh, for him to have a longer run as a starter. I've, I've critiqued him for his inconsistency in the past, but you have enough games like this and you're solid enough on the on the nights you're not shooting quite this well. Um, all of a sudden you have a real star in your hands and Burks has consistently been uh, one of the best three point shooters in the entire NBA this year. So I don't really expect that to slow down. And I think that sets up his off the dribble game that sets up his mid range game, gets him going defensively. So I, I think we could just be seeing a career season from Alec Burks and, and for the Knicks to hit their ceiling this year, that's sort of who he has to be um, because uh, you're not necessarily getting that boost of, of Kemba Walker that you expected. In fact, we know you're not getting the Kemba Walker you expected, uh, but let's, Let's get into the other guards because the Knicks, uh, the Knicks had a couple who had a really good game in this one. We can start off with uh, Derrick Rose, 16 points, nine assists, five rebounds in 35 minutes. Um, the minutes total that was that was that was a big thing. I mean, and Emmanuel quickly getting 38 minutes, which has to be borderline a career high for him. Um, I should have looked that up. Uh, a big factor in that was that R.J. Barrett only played nine minutes. He came into this game dealing with a non-COVID illness. Um, tried to play through it. Actually, I thought was playing pretty well when he was in there, uh, but got taken out, I think, about midway through the second quarter. And Rebecca Harlow came on the broadcast and announced that he was not going to return. So it ended up being the uh, the Knicks ended up playing a little bit smaller, and it was Rose quickly Burks for the vast majority of the second half. Uh, but we we can start off with Rose, right? Because he he came in, and I, I wrote down in my notes, like, oh, he looks a little rusty, right? He's, he's forcing shots. He's, he's, he's kind of... Um, he was going a little too early in the shot clock, I think was sort of the biggest thing. And then and then he gets going, right? It's a running floater across the lane over Kevin Durant. Um, and then some of his drives were, were and like like there were there's just some I, I hate to say it because apparently he hates this term. There's just some vintage rose moments, like a nice hard drive to draw a foul, um, hits Obi Toppin streaking up the court uh for a little layup. Uh two best plays of the game, maybe from anyone, um, had it between the legs. Behind the back, uh, like dribble sequence that just literally froze Paul Millsap. And then I think it was just because Nerlens Noel kind of clipped him on a screen, but Millsap dropped to the floor and Rose just banged a jumper in his face. Um, had a hanging double pump pass um, to Emmanuel quickly on a relocation three. That was just a great play by both of them. Like for Rose, it was a good job, like kid just staying alive and, and hanging. And like everyone says, don't jump before you pass. Um, but Rose, or don't jump before you know where you're going to pass the basketball. But Rose did just that, and he knew Emmanuel quickly would seek out the open space. Quickly did three pointer goes down, um, and then just uh, one of one a vintage layup where he drove to the rim, double clutch scoop, finished with the inside hand. Uh, very few players on planet Earth can do that. Derrick Rose is one of them, as we noted. Just just repeatedly drawing in the defense and kicking out to shooters, which basic, basic stuff, but that is something that the Knicks have missed to some extent from Kemba Walker this entire season and Rose playing more minutes um, looked great doing it. I'm curious um, in like a longer term sense, 
um, how well it works out him and Randall playing together. I remember last season, those two were not an exceptionally good fit together and not in the sense that the Knicks were bad when they were on the court together, but I think there was a little bit of dueling banjo stuff going on where I don't, I don't think one necessarily makes the other better, but maybe with a little bit more time together, because remember last year, Tibbs mostly like he like, it was pretty insulated between the starting lineup and the bench. Those guys just didn't get a lot of run. Um, so maybe with more time to build chemistry, sort of like we saw from Chris Paul and Devin Booker in Phoenix, where it was very awkward initially. And then come playoff times, they actually got time on the court together. Novel concept. Um, they looked really, really good. So I think I think that is something we will see from Tibbs, uh, given Walker's absence and especially if RJ Barrett is out for any extended period of time. Um, I want to get into Emmanuel quickly. Um, I want to get into Obi Toppin. I want to get into Nerlens Noel, who. We sort of struggled a bit in this one. I want to quickly check Twitter to see if you guys sent in any questions. But before we do all that, uh, let me just quickly tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online, another longtime locked on sponsor. And they have you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports actions this year. So head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. My dog is even getting excited about it in his sleep. Very cute noises. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So we are back on Locked on Nick's third and final segment. My dog is fired up because we are going to talk about the Knicks star, Emmanuel Quickly. Um, Emmanuel Quickly, man. What can I say about Emmanuel Quickly? On a night where he didn't shoot the ball exceptionally well, four for 11 from the field, two for five from three. Just another big game, right? 12 points, seven boards, two assists. What I love from him in the first half is something we – really don't see from quickly like sometimes he's he's hitting he hit he will hit transition threes right obviously that that is sort of like his trump card his like laying everything down on the table move um but beyond that he does not usually like get to the rim offensively in transition that changed in this game right um he, he got it he got a or he excuse me he got a steal sprinted the floor uh missed the layup rj was there to get the put back dunk but i just even though he missed the shot like i just love that he went all the way to the basket instead of trying to pull up or or, or just like pull it out and reset the offense like I, I want that aggressiveness from him and i think as he's getting more confidence as his role is, is becoming a whole lot clearer now that kemba's out he's more willing to try stuff and he is an exciting he, i mean you can just see him every night like pushing the limits of his talent he's like oh does this mid-range game i've been working on all summer work in work, work in a real game oh it does let me let me add that oh can i outrun people in the open floor yeah let me try that um and that's that's really fun right um also outran mills for a transition layup in between he, he drew a foul on one so that was that was six quick points for him um and then near the end of the first half this was epic got kevin durant on a switch drove right by him for righty lay to beat the shot clock uh something you never would have really seen Emmanuel quickly a year ago and then I played pretty much the entire second quarter which was refreshing because I'm used to quickly getting in a rhythm and then getting pulled and then to tips credit like he's generally pretty good about keeping guys in once they get rolling but with with those strict line changes like occasionally quickly would get pulled preemptively and in this game he's allowed to play through his mistakes and that was that was really fun um another example of of quickly's speed just changing things um, this was, I can't remember if it was off a make or if it was off a rebound, but it wasn't, it was, it was maybe semi-transition. But while we've seen Kemba Walker, like for the most part, just walk the ball, 
up the court this year, like quickly just like brings this pace and he sped the ball up the court and it ended up creating points out of nothing because the Nets defense was just slightly unsettled. He kicked it to Evan Fournier who, who got to attack and uh, who got to attack a defense that was scrambling. Um, Fournier missed, but it led to a Mitch put back dunk. And, and that was just quickly making something out of nothing. Um, and yeah, that was a, a joy to see. Also hit a big three in the second half to make it 92 to 90. Oh, let's, let's talk about that guy. Evan Fournier, a very mixed bag for him in this one, right? As a lot of people on Twitter were noting, like iffy defense at different points. Like he, he was victimized a lot when the Nets started running. Like it felt like over and over again, he was the guy they were making layups over. And he just looked sort of lackadaisical defensively, right? Like not really engaged, not super involved. But then um, had some moments, right? There was, there was a really fun play that, again, I think shows the potential of the starting lineup. And this is something I thought we would get from Kemba more so, but just because um, Kemba was... You know, I don't, I don't want to rip Kemba specifically, but let, let's just say Burks did a good job of this. Um, he leveraged like Julius Randle rolling to the rim, kind of drove in, um, drew the defense, then kicked to Fournier. And, and it, we keep saying with Fournier, like not that good when he has to attack a set defense, very good when a defense is on the move. And, and he just zipped right by James Harden, little Euro step by Kevin Durant, got a layup, um, hit back-to-back threes, both set up by Julius Randle as part of that um, third quarter burst. That made it, uh, they cut the lead after the second three to 88-82 when it looked like the Nets were about to run away with it. And then uh, hit the biggest shot of the game, one of the biggest shots of the next season. With like 20 seconds left in the game, came around the screen. Brooklyn played horrible defense. I don't know why they didn't switch it. Um, hit, hit a right wing three, made it 110-110. And then not that far off from hitting a buzzer beater. So weird night for Evan Fournier, mixed night for Evan Fournier. But I think he showed his potential. And I think, again, like with Burks out there and Burks, I mean, maybe surprisingly, um, depends on the night because Kemba had some good offensive nights, but Burks maybe at points like being a little bit more of like an explosive offensive option than Kemba Walker, or or maybe even one who at least when he's driving is like a little bit more willing to kick. I don't know. I could be talking uh, BS on that one, but uh, theoretically, um, I think Burks is a really good fit next to Fournier. He certainly helps cover up for him defensively, and, and Fournier tonight it, it was also partially getting to play with quickly, but just gets getting those couple of possessions a game where he can attack a defense that is is in movement. Um, and is not completely locked in on him. He becomes a very dangerous driver, and you and you you mix that in with hot shooting. Um, then he's he's pretty close to the guy that the Knicks are paying uh, up to seventy eight million over four years for. Um, in, in situations not like that, um, he's as we know no have noted multiple times he's really struggled this year. But the dude is cold blooded, right? Like his expression literally didn't even change uh, when he hit that when he hit that big three to tie the game up. So I I love Evan Fournier um, when, when he's rolling, and I think he he is an asset on on the best version of the Knicks, which again maybe we're we're seeing for the first time um, these past two nights uh let's see who have i who have i not hit on yet uh obi toppin um he just needs to play more right i was i was kind of i was pretty disappointed that tibbs didn't see this as a golden opportunity to play Toppin a lot against the small ball nets um there was there were there was ample opportunity to get him out there and again like i know tibbs's counter argument would be it's not about offense it's about defense i want a rim protector and when kevin durant and james harden are blowing by like Derek rose and julius randall like i want nerlens or mitch at the rim the issue was nerlens did basically nothing when he was in the game 19 minutes no points no assists no steals no blocks didn't take a shot didn't take a free throw um did have three rebounds that was that was basically it like he i don't know if he's like not 100% healthy um, or what, but it was um, it was not a not a really productive night for Nerlens Noel. Did get an Obi Toppin uh, pass to the face, which for for those um, of the Nerlens Noel stone hand school, that will be further confirmation of that particular theory. 
Um, but yeah, I, I would have loved more Obi in this game because he was great when he was in. He had eight points in 12 minutes, two rebounds, one assist. And as always, like the question with Obi, what would he look like if he just got to play 30 minutes? Um, and we almost we almost never get to see that. We almost, I mean, have we, have we seen that once in his career? Maybe, maybe once or twice. Um, we, we essentially do not know what that looks like. Um, but it had a great pick and roll with IQ, uh, who just gave him a little slip pass. Um, and he was just, he's just way too fast for James Johnson ended up flushing it home. Um, had another dunk in the fourth quarter, but yeah, I wish, I wish I could talk for 10 minutes about Obi Toppin tonight, but he just, he wasn't, he wasn't very involved. Um, and he is, he's at a, at a certain point, right? He's, he's just too good to keep off the court. You, you hope you hope that Tibbs sees that, and I, I know I understand that. Like rim protection isn't flashy, and the thing with rim protection is like it's more noticeable when it's not in there, right? It's, it's not always about the shots that Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson block. It's about the shots that never get taken when they're in the game. And with Obi Toppin, maybe some of those shots are taken, and maybe some of those shots are made. So I, I give I give some leeway to our Lord and Savior uh, Tom Thibodeau, and that he may know a little bit more about basketball than um, some of us, but I, I would posit that Obi's offensive impact is, let's just see it, right? Let's just let's just give us a chance to see it, especially against a team that, again, is not playing a traditional dominant big that could really eat against Obi Toppin on the interior. Um, as far as the centers, I already talked about Nerland, so we can, we can sort of wrap things up with Mitchell Robinson, unless you guys had some questions for me. I did, I did get some, some DMs. So let me, um let me see that oh we got one from uh mark tatu lashwili who i think has asked his questions uh before so shout out to mark um he said is burks our best player now um i wouldn't go quite that far um i think it is still julius randall um because he he he's, he's just is their best player. Um, he, he does he just does more than Alec Burks does. But Burks is Burks is in the. I mean tonight he was certainly in the mix, right? He was he just he's like a metronome for the Knicks, right? He's so I don't know if I'm using metronome correctly, but but he is like when he's reliable and when he's when he's on, the Knicks are really really good, and that's going to be even more true with him being a starter right now. Uh, a comment from David at D Good Mant Mantrublu. I'm gonna let me know, David. I'm saying, oh, the good man, true blue. That makes more sense. All right, I, I got you, David. Just talk about the refs because they decided the game. I think, I think like bad officiating is, is probably maybe people have noticed this over the years, or maybe they haven't because I think Alex is good at noticing bad officiating. But um, I think it's my blind spot as as a podcaster. Like I always like when people are like after the game, like man, the officiating sucked. I'm always like, really? Like I didn't notice. And, like obviously, I did. Like like that should have been a foul. Um, on when, when Randall got really upset over it. And like, there were, there were a number of plays where Randall was going really hard to the rim and, and he certainly didn't get calls, but we, we kind of addressed that back in the first second. So I don't, I don't feel the need to really go deep on that again. Um, so let's just finish off talking about Mitchell Robinson, who um, got 25 minutes in this one, statistically solid game, eight points, seven boards. Um, I was, there's kind of a sad moment where he got switched on to Harden. And I'm sure if you're anything like me, you got flashbacks to him, I think multiple times blocking Harden step back threes is 
rookie and, and maybe again his sophomore year. I, I don't remember what time was it all, all sort of blends together at this point. But those are those are sort of the initial moments where I was like, wow, the Knicks really have something in Mitchell Robinson. Um, this guy, this guy's special. Like there's just not a lot of centers on planet Earth who can stick with Harden, who can be wary enough that he might drive to the rim and block his shots. And then when Mitch got switched on to Harden again, I was like, oh boy, here we go. Redux. And then Harden just banged the three in his face. And I was like, it was kind of a stark reminder that again, hard to block those shots, but that Mitch is at least so far through the year. I got into like a debate with someone about this earlier today. Um, is is not quite the same dude athletically as he once was. But I will say overall solid game for Mitchell Robinson. Nice finishing. We already mentioned like that Randall pass. We hit him from the corner like Mitch hit. A pretty nifty layup. Um, had a really good possession. It was like I think with 331 left in the fourth quarter, like battled both LaMarcus Aldridge and there was like a second net involved. Might have been might have been Bembry. Um, and it just, just kind of fought them off to, to get the ball out of bounds off of one of the Nets guys and, and give the Knicks the ball back down one with 331 left. I think that ended up being a Julius Randle bucket. So significant play. Shout out to Mitch. Obviously, the foul at the end sucks. But, I mean, he's, it was a kind of instinct. Like, he was just trying to make a play on the ball. Like, I understand, um, like, last play of the game, two seconds left. Your instinct is going to be to swipe. It's not going to be to just go straight up and be vertical. Uh, quick shout out to RJ Barrett, who played a good game when he was out there. Um, it was a very, very short stint. Um, but had a really nice contest to force a hard miss. Little give and go with Mitch. They got a little floater. Um, had a, a like his pass in the game ended up in a miss, but he's backing down hard and then like a little reverse spin move into a cross court pass to Evan Fournier as he was falling out of bounds. Um, there was there was some good stuff there. Um, also drove into the heart of the defense, little 180 spin out to Derrick Rose for a wide open three. Like he was on his way to a good game. Sadie got sick. Hopefully he will be back next time around. All right, guys, that is it for this edition of the Locked on Knicks podcast. Again, if you're not already, please subscribe on YouTube, on all of our audio platforms, uh, wherever you get podcasts. We really appreciate it. Leave a five-star review. And, yeah, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back on, I guess, Friday morning or maybe late Thursday night for you guys. Until next time, be good. Talk to you soon. Peace out. You guys thought we were done? Yeah, right. We're going all night, baby. This is Locked on Knicks after dark. No, just kidding. Uh, but we do have a special surprise for you guys, our Locked On NBA Insiders Report with Kenani Stevens and, of course, longtime NBA veteran Antonio Daniels breaking down their reaction to the Kemba Walker news. So a special addendum to this edition of Locked On Knicks. Enjoy, and we'll talk to you soon. Welcome into another edition of Locked On NBA Insider Report. I'm your host, Kainani Stevens, our Locked On NBA Insider and XM Sirius Radio host, and of course, turtleneck aficionado, Antonio <laughs> Daniels, joins us today. Antonio, how are you doing? I am blessed, Kainani. How are you? I'm good. Um, we are not talking turtlenecks today. We are actually going to talk about Kemba Walker, who we've recently found out. Knicks head coach Tom Thibodeau has said he is not going to be using Kemba in the lineup going forward for his team. Antonio, what was your kind of initial reaction when you heard the news? Um, I thought it was kind of weird because usually if you usually don't go from starting to out of the rotation, right. you know, there's usually kind of increments that are taken. Okay, you're starting, but your minutes are cut. You're starting, and then maybe you don't start the second half. It's usually some a gray area in there. But with mm -hmm. Thibs, there was no gray area. It was yeah. you're starting, and then you're not starting. And not starting means you're completely out of the rotation. But when you heard Thibs's press conference, the one thing that he said that really stood out to me was, I still see Kimball Walker as a starter, which was kind of mm -hmm. different. 
because if I'm Kimba Walker, my thought process is if you see me as a starter, why am I not starting? Or are you saying that you see me as a starter, just not here in New York? Because when you're out of the rotation, basically what that means is there are eight, nine, or 10 other guys that Thibs has ahead of you. Certainly. And, and, and as you mentioned, it's very rare to say, oh, we're not going to use you in the second lineup whatsoever. Um, I think you mentioned, you know, a couple smaller guards and he didn't really see that working. But um, in terms of what this means for Kemba going forward, mm. when he says that he's a starter, but maybe not here, what are you kind of thinking? Is that, you know, are they looking to trade him perhaps? I don't, you know, it, it, you know, what's weird, Kenali, is I think every NBA player, has a moment in their career where their eyes are opened. And, and what I mean by that is where you start to think about life after basketball, you know, where it's like, man, okay. At one point I was filling a blank an NBA all-star and at one point I was all league. At one point I was a max guy. And then it comes to a point where you really start to reevaluate what your career will look like moving forward, or if this is something or a situation that you want to continue to put yourself in moving forward. You love this game. And one of the most difficult decisions that you ever come to as a professional athlete is walking away. Mm -hmm. But if you're Kimber Walker and you look at how these past three or four years have gone in, in Boston and then not being healthy yeah. in Boston and then them, being almost better and advancing further without you, right? Then you get traded to Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City doesn't hold on to you and they trade you to New York. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is great. I get an opportunity to go home, um, mm -hmm. play for the Knicks. This is my lifelong dream. And then 15, 20 games into the season, they're telling you, look, you're probably not gonna be in a rotation. So that's kind of like an eye-opening experience for Kimba, I'm sure, where you start to think to yourself, maybe my body is telling me that it's time to start looking for life after basketball. And Kemba is such a high character guy in the sense that he really kind of gravitates to communities. I mean, he was such yes. an integral part in, in Charlotte. He loved being in Boston, he even said. And, you know, obviously to play at home in New York is, is a dream for him. So he's not necessarily just going to take any, you know, trade, I would imagine. He'd want to be in a, a, a good situation. Um, is this something where he can just kind of play that role off the bench, maybe work his way back in? Or, or is where do we see him on this team? But that's the part that's weird, because if you look at the Knicks, this is when when with the first question, well, I said, you know, basically what that is saying is you're behind eight, nine or 10 other guys in a rotation. Right. So if you're telling me I'm out of the rotation, you're not even telling me I can run the second unit. Yeah. You know, you're basically saying that that quickly or, or someone like that is going to play ahead of me. You have Derrick Rose that is still there. You're starting Alec Burke at the point guard now, who is not a traditional point guard. He's not a traditional league guard. That's not who Alex Burke has been throughout the course of his career. So that's what, this is what I mean when I say you start to reevaluate yourself because you're looking and saying, well, okay, I get Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is an MVP guy. We all know his reputation, his resume, his cachet. Alex Burke is a really good NBA basketball player, but he's not even a traditional league guard. And if you're starting that guy, if you feel like Alex Burke gives you a better opportunity to win games than I do, that really will make me kind of reflect on myself. You know, as far as what do I want to do now moving forward? Do I want to sit all year and be the third point guard coming off the bench? Like, man, I'm Kimba Walker. Right. I am Kimba Walker. I'm playing at home in front of in front of my home fans, and yet I am the third string point guard. So then it comes a point: do you go to the Knicks? Do you ask for a trade? Or are you just content? The one thing you know you're not going to get from Kimba 
is unprofessionalism. Right. That's one thing you're not going to get from him. He's going to remain professional in what he's doing, but he has an ego. He has a competitive spirit because if he didn't, he would not be in this situation. He's he's not a troublemaker by any means, but is this something that could mess with the, the team? I mean, people love him and his, his teammates love playing with him. Is this something that can affect kind of the roster going forward or, or are they all kind of just doing whatever Tibbs wants in, in this regard? Well, I think the NBA is a is a results-based league. Okay. I think everything will be based on results. Like, you know, winning cures all. So mm -hmm. if the Knicks come out and they win five in their next six, six, then nobody's really tripping on Kimba not playing. But now right. it becomes a discussion if they lose five of their next six or six of their next seven. Now the discussion and the narrative is centered around what Thibs chose to do with Kimba Walker. And, and Thibs has earned this right. He's earned this right to do what he feels like is what's best for this team. But he also understands with decisions as you make like this as a coach, there are rewards on one side if you're successful and there are consequences on the other side. Because the NBA is basically, if you're successful, you praise the players. And if you're unsuccessful, you criticize the coach. So it, it'll be, this is rewards based. I mean, this is, this is, um, this is based, this is results based. So if they start to win games, I think that's what it'll come down to. And what do you expect going forward? I mean, they've been dabbling with this a little bit. Alec Burke has, right. been, has been playing, you know, Kemba's minutes have been cut recently. Is this something where, you know, the Knicks are kind of on that line right now for a playoff spot. Is this oh, for sure. what they need? For sure. Because the thing is, we have to remember the Knicks team that showed up last year. So right. what you have to prove that you're the New York Knicks is last year wasn't a fluke. Last year wasn't, you know, you didn't catch lightning in a bottle. This is something that you can sustain as far as making it to the playoffs year after year after year. So I think there's a little added pressure. You know, Julius Randle winning most improved player. R.J. Barrett taking that next step. They also mm -hmm. signed Evan Fournier, too, though. So it wasn't yep. just a Kimball Walker thing. They also brought in Evan Fournier along with Kimball Walker and completely changed their whole starting backcourt. They allowed Reggie Bullock to walk out that door and sign with the Dallas Mavericks. So things have changed. They chose offense over defense. Last year, the New York Knicks were a very grimy and good defensive team. They chose to go in a different direction because of what happened in the playoffs. I get it. And thus far, mm -hmm. it's backfired. But he is making this change in time enough that maybe it can pay dividends moving forward. We do know the Knicks will never be boring, whether Kemba's going to ride this right, out or right. if, we see him, if we see him somewhere new, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Antonio, thank you for joining us. Of course, anybody wants to check in with you on the Pelicans broadcast, Sirius XM as well. And of course, our Locked On Insider. Thank you for joining us. I'm Kenani Stevens. This has been Locked On Now.